What's the matter? I don't know if I have anything left. Chappie. You just throw whatever you got. Whatever's left. The boys are all here for you. We'll back you up. We'll be there. Because, Billy... We don't stink right now. We're the best team in baseball right now, right this minute, because of you. You're the reason. We're not going to screw that up. We're going to be awesome for you right now. Just throw. Welcome into a DNVR special podcast, Movie Week. We're kicking it off. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me is our guy, Patrick Lyons, and we figure we got to start talking baseball movies. We got this huge bracket out. Hopefully, everyone has seen it by now. You can go and check it on Twitter or over at the DNVR.com. You can go and vote for your favorite sports movies. And one of the things we thought it would be really fun to do is have more specific conversations about uh, some of these early matchups. And we'll do this as they go through as well. But uh, on the individual beats, of course, we want to talk about some baseball films. And we've got some doozies to kick this thing off. And and particularly, I, I think we had to start with two movies by the MVP of the entire bracket. He didn't make the movies, but he's in them. Kevin Costner is all over this thing. Guy loves playing athletes. <laughs> it's amazing how these things line up where you've got Kevin Costner in one film against another Kevin Costner film. But again, the uh, the committee that puts together these brackets, it sometimes just falls together that way. You know, you can't control it. But hey, here we are talking about two Kevin Costner baseball films. And I actually love the way this lined up, too. And, and yes, you know, we did spend some time putting this bracket together and could have noticed certain things, but it just so happens that the first two movies that we are going to talk about star Kevin Costner as a very young baseball player and a story about getting started in the game of baseball and a story about a much older Kevin Costner at the very end of his baseball career. We're talking for love of the game and bull Durham. Patrick, why don't we start with the lower seed here for love of the game? I think a lot of this is just going to be also uh, you and me give, trying to give a bunch of love to these baseball movies that are going to go out in the first round because for love of the game is a pretty great movie that doesn't have quite the reputation as some of the others, uh, but it's still a really, really good film in my eyes. For those who haven't seen it, For Love of the Game follows the perfect game performance of an aging star baseball pitcher, Billy Chappell, played by Costner, as he deals with the pressures of pitching in Yankee Stadium in his final outing by calming himself with memories about a long-term relationship with his girlfriend, played by Kelly Preston. And I saw this in theaters, and 
you know, at, at the time I was much younger and, and uh, not quite the same cinephile. And it was just like, oh, Kevin Costner in a baseball movie. This has worked a few times already. Of course, this is going to be great. Uh, and it was, you know, it's a, it's a different type of film. It's one of the more, you know, serious, uh, if you will, uh, type of films where it's trying to intermingle, you know, the, the romantic side of, of relationships and, and real life. And then, you know, being on the diamond and, you know, that's, that's really the, the piece that's missing between this and, and Bull Durham is, is the fact that it's, I don't know, it, it, it lacks a, a certain bit of heart and, and comedy sense, obviously. Um, but uh, it, it was really neat just, just seeing Yankee Stadium uh, under that spotlight and hearing a lot of really familiar voices, you know, uh, throughout the movie, like Vin Scully and uh, Steve Lyons are uh, are the announcers in it. So it really uh, felt uh, very believable. It felt very believable of what uh, an in-game experience might be like uh, in all aspects of the game. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned those two parts of it because the first thing, when I first saw this movie as a kid, I hated it. Uh, because there's so much of the romance and drama, and it is pretty serious. In fact, uh, I watched it, you know, within the last year here, and it's really sad. Um, as an adult now who's been through some things in life, it, it was really heartbreaking uh, to watch this guy go through these things. And we'll get a little bit more into that, but I, I think it was the lack of baseball. It really is the middle part of the movie, especially um, about their relationship as people and the baseball game that he's pitching is just sort of the, the backdrop for it. But once I realized how powerful that metaphor was, and I had more of an appreciation for hearing the voice of Vin Scully. And uh, as you said, seeing some of those great shots of Yankee stadium and, and how much detail is put into the baseball, even though it's, maybe a third of the movie. And, and as a kid, I wished it had been two thirds of the movie. Uh, the baseball that's there, like you said, Vin Scully's voice in a movie, it's worth watching for that alone. Yeah, no, you, I think you hit the nail on, on the head. It, there's just not enough baseball in it. It was, I'm sure just pitched of like, okay, it's this romantic story, but it's with Kevin Costner who plays baseball. And you're like, okay, sold, you know, we're, it's going to do big numbers, you know? And it, it, it was kind of a flop, you know, it, it still made, um, pretty much made its money back and made just under $50, $50 million uh, at the box office, which Bull Durham also made 50 a decade earlier and didn't cost you know nearly as much. So Kevin Costner did get a, a Golden Raspberry uh, nomination for Worst Actor. So it, I think a lot of people, really? you know, I don't know if they had, yeah, I don't know if they had huge expectations, but I think, yes, the what I think brought people out to uh, the theaters was... Costner playing baseball. Kelly Preston, you know, she had uh, a nice run as an actress in a, a couple films. Obviously, it's coming off the, the heels of Jerry Maguire. But, you know, no one really went to the movies to, to see her. They're there to see Costner. They're there to see baseball. And as you said, there, there might not have been enough of that in the film. Yeah, I wonder if there would be a different look on it in hindsight, because as I am looking at our list here of things we want to talk about with each movie, I feel like it grades out pretty well. Uh, again, if I'm setting aside expectations of what it's supposed to be, if we're talking about the acting, I would not have. Again, I, w I was more emotionally moved by this uh, on whatever my third or fourth viewing was within this last year. And so 
I actually thought Kevin Costner and Kelly Preston's chemistry was pretty good. Um, I, I had totally forgotten that John C. Riley plays the catcher, his uh, mm-hmm. needed battery mate, uh, and that uh, J.K. Simmons is the manager. And that he has to come over and I love the conversation they have, you know, before the game where he's telling him, I need my catcher. And he's saying, well, I got to try to get some offense and I'm not just trying to lose this game. It felt very baseball-y to me. Uh, And I felt like there were a lot of little moments like that between the actors. So I felt like a lot of it was, and that's our next thing on here, believable. You know, how much as a sports film, did you buy the way that this plays out with him you know, eventually throwing the perfect game. There's a couple things. Actually, I'll even ask you this. We'll we'll combine these two because best line of the movie. I've always really liked the clear the mechanism thing. Where do you stand on that? And ex- and and no, can you and explain it real quick for anyone who doesn't know what I just said? <laughs> oh well, you know, I, I think essentially it's just kind of let, let's go back to to, to what's working. You know, it's, it, obviously having a 19-year career with the the Tigers, uh, referring to Billy Chapel, you know he's you don't you don't get to pitch in the major leagues with a single team for that long at 40 years old if you know you you don't have the right mechanisms, you know, both literally and figuratively. So um, that's a good point. That I, I think it 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 almost you know it gives you an idea of of what you know we do. I think in the press box, like watching a game and thinking about, you know, players overcoming different things. And obviously we don't know what's going on in the personal lives of the, of the players on the field uh, as much as we get to in this film. But, you know, we see the center fielder. Uh, I think his name is Mickey Hart, um, played by a, a very funny comedian named Greer Barnes. You might not pick that up, you know, from a movie that's 20 years old, but he's a, he's a New York City comedian. And he makes that really great play late in the game, like in the eighth inning. Yeah. And... They they go back and you see see shots of him taking a ball off the head that goes over the wall, a la Jose Canseco when he was with the Rangers. So, you know, it kind of it plays up on you know clearing the mechanism and saying, hey, let's forget you know the, some of the negative stuff that's happened. Focus on what's gotten you here and and being successful with that. And and that was like a, a really nice thing to see. You know how you know the things that happen on the field during a season or during a career how you know, that has uh, an impact on a player's psyche and their, their, their mental performance uh, on a, on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that is the strength of the film as much as it, it stays a lot in the off the field area. It does show you the way these two most important elements of his life are crashing together. And it's a reminder of how difficult it can be for professional athletes to maintain a normal relationship uh, of any kind, not just being on the road all the time, but their lives are just really weird. And I think that that's one of the things it, it drives home. One of our questions here is, do any of the characters remind you of an athlete in real life? And I think in that way, Billy Chapel is kind of every athlete who's you know, getting toward the end of his career and really having to face. And, and remember, most professional athletes have to retire in their 30s. And, mm. and saying, okay, well, my whole life has been about this. And, and so much of the story is about all of the times he put baseball over this woman who he very clearly was in love with, but not fully allowing himself to be in love with. And baseball always came first. And 
you know, if there is, I guess, a lesson at the end of the movie, there, there's that line. And we're spoiling all of these, by the way, if you haven't seen them. So, you know, go and watch and come back. But I guess the other best line of the movie, if you're a sap like me, is uh, at the end when he says, you know, that last night should have been the best night of my life because you pitched a perfect game. But it wasn't because you weren't there. And I think there's a powerful lesson to be learned in there. Yeah, you know, we we put players up on a pedestal and, and of course, you know, for a short period of time, they, they seem like gods, but it is for a short period of time. You know, they have, you know, during the season, they have lives outside of the game and their job and their career. And then once that's over, they have a whole other life that they have to live. And, you know, this this definitely plays up on it. And it's something I'd, I'd actually like to, to look into more because this, this film was actually based on a book of the same name. Uh, and it would be interesting to see like if that, that might almost translate better, you know, to a novel where you're reading it and it's a little more slower paced and it's, it's, you know, not necessarily about the details of the game and, and things of that nature. It is about the relationship um, between different people and the, you know, the emotion, the emotional strife that, you know, they, they go through uh, throughout this relationship and each of their individual lives. So, um, yeah, that, that certainly would be interesting um, to go back and, and, and look at. I also find it interesting that um, for any Tigers fans out there, this is the only uh, no-hitter that oh. your organization has ever seen. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, and it's funny that it's a perfect game because uh, if you recall in 2010, uh, in June of 2010, uh, Armando Galarraga came you know, one, a half a step right. away from throwing uh, a perfect game right. uh, before that was all, all wiped away. And, and now we have, uh, you know, video replay, right. thankfully, partially you know, due to that. But yeah, no Tigers pitcher has ever uh, thrown a, a perfect game. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. It, at least it lives on in film somehow up to this point. There's a lot of great little things, too, about like, how the Tigers are struggling and they've been bad throughout his career and he's been stuck on this bad team. And uh, there's a moment at the beginning where they're talking about his shoulder hurting and maybe he doesn't want to throw. And John C. Riley, the catcher, is going, man, it's a meaningless game at the end of the year. And he looks at him and he says, it's not for the Red Sox, which, again, if you're a baseball fan, you understand that it means, you know, the Yankees and Red Sox are battling with each other. The Tigers just happen to be in the way. And that's a thing that happens a lot in baseball. So I also like that framing of it uh before we get over to bold durham do you have a best character or a, a most memorable scene i i really like i mean obviously billy chapel's the best character in the movie but i do really like gus the catcher played by john c Riley, and the girl jenna malone is the actor um she she's the daughter of of kelly mm-hmm. preston uh at some point in the movie not through billy chapel but they develop a really interesting relationship uh, that I think fi- is the key to helping him get over his stuff. And I'll always remember her from Donnie Darko, but she's a great actor. She's in all kinds. I think she's in the Hunger Games, other stuff. I, I really like her character. And my most memorable scene is, yeah, the, the end, basically. <laughs> I'm a grown yeah, man no, crying. I used to love Jenna Malone film. She, she was in a lot of favorites, like you said, Donnie Darko being one. John C. Riley, he like... You know, he probably now has more of a catcher's body than than in the film. He's a little more svelte there, uh, younger John Z. But uh, <laughs> I thought he was good. And any of the scenes with Brian Cox is 
kind of funny to me just because he's, you know, I, I think of him as being a British actor. You know, he's, he's Scottish. And anytime he's in a, a film playing an American character, sometimes it's more believable than others. Like, you know, in Rushmore, you know, he's uh, he's the head of the uh, Rushmore Academy. He's fantastic. But like in, in this film, you're like, he's supposed to be like a baseball guy. You know, he's British. Like yeah. that, not that it takes me out of it, but I, I kind of, I like that character because it, you know, you, for me, I, it's hard to just watch a film as a film. I'm, I'm thinking about too many other things, making predictions, thinking about other things that have happened in the, in that actor, actress's career. So uh, I, I kind of like those scenes a lot too. Yeah. Uh, he's also the dad who doesn't encourage Dennis Quaid in The Rookie, another baseball movie on our list that we'll, we'll maybe talk about at some point. Love him as a character actor, but yeah, he's like in one out of every three movies. Pretty much, yes. And one out of every three HBO series, because you could watch him right now in uh, in Succession. So. That's right. All right, let's talk about uh, the probable winner of this matchup and a, a potential winner of this whole bracket, depending on how, uh, you know, people end up voting. It's going to be really interesting. I... We talked about this too. There's a very strong love for the Sandlot in our office. And so it got pushed back to a four seed. But there are people, and I know many of them, in fact, people inside of baseball that we know and love and talk to all the time who think Bull Durham is the best baseball movie ever made. Maybe just the best movie ever made for some of these people. A staggering start by the loose. He's thrown five outs on nine pitches, all of them strikes. He's got pinpoint control here tonight, Bull fan. Here's the pitch. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Yep. I wouldn't dig in there if I was you. Next one might be at your head. Yeah, absolutely. The film stars uh, Kevin Costner, again, as Crash Davis, a veteran catcher brought in to teach rookie pitcher Ebby Calvin Nuke Lalouche, played by Tim Robbins, about the game in preparation for reaching the majors. Baseball groupie Annie Savoy, played by Susan Sarandon, romances Nuke but finds herself increasingly attracted to Crash. This is a film that's you know gotten a lot of accolades. It's it's on a, a couple you know top one hundred lists of just you know funniest films, greatest sports movies of all time, and you know it it really holds up. Baseball's there, and, and again you got the relationship, but. Um, you've got comedy there too to take it along, and you really, you know, see things from uh, his character. You you root for him a lot because, you know, you you see his passion for the game, and you want him to be successful in that. And you know that there's, you know, a glass ceiling, so to speak, for a guy who's just a, a journeyman catcher, kind of essentially towards the end of his career. Obviously. You know, much younger. We we don't know how old this character is, but he certainly could be in his you know early thirties. Um, but when you're you're traveling around, traveling around the minor leagues for that long before you know and, and not getting a chance to crack the majors, you know, at thirty two years old, still you know being a catcher, you know, at, at you got to think, hey, uh, I don't know how much longer I can do this physically before I need to make a transition onto the coaching side. Yeah, I. <laughs> here's here's my hot take. I may as well get it out of the way early here. I'm not Fire the biggest fan of this movie, and I've never fully understood why it doesn't connect with me the way it does 
with so many other people. And I'll, I'll go ahead and tell this story. I don't think it's out of school to say this. I've talked movies with Corey Sullivan a couple of times. And he's one of the people for whom, you know, he basically says that this is how being in the minor leagues was like. This is so close to <laughs> real, I guess. So to answer the first question, you know, how believable is it? Uh, th that's one of the things where there are little parts that I don't buy, you know, the particularly that when he um, when Crash tips the hitter off to what pitch is coming on purpose to teach Tim Robbins a lesson and the guys take him yard every time. Like, I almost feel like it'd be slightly more realistic if they you know, hit a double in the gap. You, you don't go yard every time you know what pitch is coming, but that's such a little nitpicky thing. I don't know why I'm. I don't know what it is, man. I I've never. It's, fully it's funny. Un it's funny. Yeah, go ahead. It's funny that we're talking about. It's funny that we're talking about a guy knowing what pitch is coming and, <laughs> and uh, taking advantage of it right now during this whole Astro sign stealing. So, 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 what were you saying about it not being believable? You know what? I take it all back. You're one hundred percent right. Uh, you know, it's funny because I think in a similar way to for love of the game, this movie ended up being more about boys and girls and sex and love and uh, romance and, and, and all of that. Uh, but it's in a funnier way. So I think more people get into it. Um, a lot of it, obviously I think just flew over my head the first time I watched this movie as a kid. And I was just like, can we get back to the baseball stuff? Um, <laughs> but it still is a, a, an undeniably great baseball film. Um, do you have a do you have a favorite line? Well, there's a lot. I there's mean, a even lot. even just in the in the introduction, just talking about you know baseball being Annie's religion. Yeah, and it 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 really romanticizes the you know the sport of baseball, which is you know something that that we do. You know, as as writers and and people who cover the sport, it's it's sometimes unbelievable how unbelievable reality can be you know I, i've um done some stuff in uh, in the theater world and, and and drama and there are people that you know are are, are into films and, and stuff like that and they might you know hear a story about something and go, well that's not believable hey let's change this and let's do that but in reality in the real world crazy stuff happens that if you read it in a script or you read it in a book you go well that that would never happen right and and it does and it does happen in reality, you know. That's um, that's just kind of the beauty of the world, and uh, and we, we get to see that firsthand. So um, I, I just love how they again just romanticize uh, the game. You know, Annie says in the beginning, "I believe in the Church of Baseball." Yeah. And uh, you know, there are 108 beads in the Catholic Rosary, and there are 108 stitches in a baseball. So it's uh, it's it's just it's fantastic, and it's. You know, it was it was written and directed by you know a minor league ball player, Ron Shelton, right? Who never got a chance to to make it to the majors, and uh, you know, so he has a lot of firsthand experience about what that's like, and and you know, encountering those fans that are very passionate about their ball players, and they're called baseball Annies, and that's where the that's where her name is Annie, right? You know, the the kind of baseball groupies, if you will, so. It's uh, so many, so many great lines. Probably the the scene in which they're all on the mound, and they're just trying to calm uh, Nuke Lelouch down. And Robert Wool comes out, 
and they're like, oh, we're 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 talking about uh, you know what, what we're gonna get, uh, uh, Millie and uh, and what was his name, Jimmy, Millie and Jimmy, you know, for uh, for their wedding. And he's like, uh, candlesticks, candlesticks are always good. Yeah. All right, let's get two, and then that's it, and they break away. Let's get and <laughs> and it's funny, I I I don't know this for a fact, but I, I must have seen this film when I was really young because I was a catcher a lot when I was younger, and there were a few times when I would go out to the mound. And I would talk nothing about baseball. Right. I would just like totally distract. Like, oh, are you going to go see a movie after today? Or, uh, hey, do you want to go roller skating tomorrow? You know, that, that, was, that, was the top, that was the era I lived in. But basically just to kind of get my pitcher to, to calm down, to cool off a little bit, to think about something else. And say, hey, let's just have a game of catch, you know? Right. And, and I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I, I probably pulled that from this movie directly. Because at the end, it's there's a, there's a big component about the head game um with with, with pitchers and, and batters and and vice versa and the job that the catcher has to do uh in their job in between those two to make sure that their guy wins absolutely um i'll give an honorable mention to the scene on the bus uh when crash really uh takes him to task and gives him a lesson but i'm gonna go <laughs> with the i believe speech it's it's cliche it is what it is it's famous but when uh, Annie, <laughs> this, is, this is like this stuff is just so awkward to me. But when she sits the two of them down and says, "All right, you're the finalists," <laughs> and she gives her, "This is my spring <laughs> trainer or whatever," and, and she asks Crash Davis, "You know, fine, what do you believe in?" And he gives the speech, and I can't repeat all of the words here because we can't say some of those words on the podcast of the things that he believes in. Um. But it's great, and and some of them being, you know, I believe in the hanging curveball and all this other stuff, and it, it, it's a great little speech. I think we'll talk about that more in depth on another podcast we're going to do, uh, so there's a hint there. Um, but on the question of do any of the characters remind you of an athlete in real life, I hate to use this answer again, but I feel like they're very specifically, especially the two main characters who are athletes, remind you kind of of every athlete who's like that the tim robbins character is the proverbial ace stud pitcher who's supposed to be a big deal who thinks he's a big deal whose talent outweighs his mindset and crash davis is the perfect guy who just loves the game and can't give it up and it's been around it all his life and his mindset outweighs his talent and he's trying to make sure that the other guy doesn't waste it and we see those two characters. You and I see those two characters every year in a clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, they're really at the two ends of the spectrum. You know, coming in a, as a rookie and feeling like you know what's going on when when you really don't. And you know, when you're at the end of the career and you're like, well, you know, this kid doesn't know anything, but you know what? I think it's partially my job you know, to teach him. And at, at one point in Crash Davis's career, he had somebody who probably looked out for him um, when he was coming up and he didn't know. And so it's kind of just passing that baton and, and you kind of see, you know, the, uh, again, those two tent poles of a player's career in Lelouch and Davis, um, you know, specifically with those characters. So any final thoughts on favorite characters or favorite scenes from this one? 
Oh, there, there's, uh, there's, feel like there's a million more things to, to discuss. I know. We, it, um, so we've, we've got to cut these off. But you know what? We'll probably have more of an opportunity to talk about Boulder in the future, though, because I think it's going to go deep into the tournament. I'll, I'll save some of the, the, the thoughts I have or other interesting, fun facts, you know, because that's, uh, that was kind of my goal too. And this is, is to, to bring up something that, you know, maybe nobody knows. Right. Or, or I had forgotten that, that and, for love of the game was directed by Sam Raimi, you know, Spider-Man yes, yeah. army of darkness, like that Sam Raimi. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, it was like two or three years after for love of the game. Uh, he went on his, his run of, uh, Spider-Man films. Uh, but no, it, it's it's we'll we'll break it down even further. I kind of like that we're uh, we're we're le- still leaving some uh, meat on the bone here to talk about this film. But it's 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 fantastic. And uh, the the only other thing that I'll I'll bring up because it's it's somewhat uh, pertinent is uh, like you talk about them riding on the bus, and uh, it just makes me think of uh, you know part of uh, Manny's fantastic book on the Blake Street Bombers and. Uh, how Larry Walker early in his career, right. uh, him and Randy Johnson were sleeping up on the luggage racks when, well, I won't tell you what happened, why it was such a memorable experience, but like that's their life. You know, you you got to jump on buses to go to some of these places and uh, you, you don't take, you know, small uh, airline uh, planes and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's rough going and uh, they didn't really harp on that point too much, but you at least got to see it and you got a taste of uh, what that was like going from town to town. Yeah. And, and again, it's just very minor league baseball. It captures, and I think the reason, the biggest reason why it's most beloved, especially by baseball people, is that it captures not just the romanticism of baseball, which a lot of movies, as we've seen, it has, I believe, quite clearly, the strongest bracket is the baseball bracket here. Baseball lends itself so well to drama. And if you capture the, the feeling of the game, you'll impact people but this also captures a very specific element of baseball minor league baseball and if you have romance for minor league baseball and i know you do and i and i do and anyone who's played the game does i think this is probably the best film at capturing the feel of minor league baseball and that's pretty damned impressive yeah, your your film that you'll get to uh, soon enough, Sugar, you know, does touch on that yeah. a little bit, which and it doesn't really interesting and in looking at it from one you know particular angle, but uh, yeah, it does a fan, fantastic job, like you said, and a cool little Easter egg is if anyone decides, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna binge watch all of these movies at once. If you do go watch Bull Durham, keep your eyes peeled for a wicked mid '80s Asheville tourists jersey because. Um, the Durham Bulls at the time, they were a single-A affiliate. Um, they went and played uh, the Asheville Tourists. So uh, that's a cool little Easter egg to look out for. That's awesome. Rockies, so. you know, now low-A affiliate, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't know. I'll have to go back and watch it. All right, well, we'll wrap this one up here for now. Thank you for listening into this conversation. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of these. We're a whole bunch of movie matchups, so make sure that you are – subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast feed and also the DNVR Rockies feed. For Patrick Lyons, I'm Drew Creaseman, and we'll see you next time.